So I want to actually, as we look into the Word today, I want to talk about this new day that we're living in and, and just, you know, in light of Advent, which is, which is the, the time of Jesus' coming, which, which we're still recipients of, the, the beauty that, that Jesus brought, brought with Him, which is hope and expectation and encounter. I want to look at this whole concept today as we, we gospel focus on First Sunday the hope and the profound implications that can come out of brokenness. And just kind of dive in a little bit to this. And I believe that, that it is a new day. It's been a new day for 2,000 years. And it's a day of transformation. And I want to say this, and, and this may sound so simple, but if you think about it just for a minute, it, it'll be more profound to you than you can imagine. A transformed person. In other words, someone who has really, truly encountered Jesus and the good news that he has brought will, in fact, transform culture. It's just that simple. It's not something we have to muster up, work up, think up. I mean, I'm all about innovation and strategy. But let me tell you something. When Paul stepped in some of, some of the cities that he went into, it was the mere presence of him being in that place. Carrying the leaven of the good news that impacted and changed his life. That began to overflow from him into very ungodly, broken communities. And he saw transformation before his eyes. This is our portion, church. This is what we are called to do. And I want to submit this. I said this before in a message a little while back. But perception is key to reception. So Jesus came in His first coming to give us something. But in order to receive what He gave, we must be able to perceive. Because we can only give away what we've received for ourselves. That's transformed person, transforming culture. So you remember... Jesus in John 10, 410, this is just uh, a little caveat and then we're going to jump into my message. But when he was talking to the woman at the well, he said to her in verse 10, he says, If you knew, Greek word ido, if you were able to see, to be aware or to perceive, he said, the generosity of God, or in other words, the goodness of God. This is important. You've got to understand, we have to be able to perceive the goodness of God when it seems like things are hopeless. Massively important. Because that's where this woman was. She was in a state of hopelessness. I don't have time to give you contextual background, but trust me, this woman was really in a dark place. In fact, you know, at the announcement of Jesus' birth at His first advent, they were saying, for those who sat under the shadow of hopelessness, a light has dawned. If you could perceive, Jesus said, be aware of the generosity of God. And then it's really important because what we perceive and how we perceive it really links to what we think of God and how we perceive Him, right? And who I am, He said, you would be asking you would be craving, desiring, requiring not to give me a drink. You see, so often we think, man, God, I have something to give you. Trust me, when you're in a place of encounter and you're opened up to what Jesus is doing, man, you'll be asking Him, God, give me this living water. 
He said, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. So here's what I want to look at for just a few minutes, and we're going to take communion today and close out our time. But how is the living water of hope and the expectation that comes with that living water that ultimately leads to encounter, how can it flow through us in times of seemingly hopelessness as we look at Jesus this morning as our example? Are you ready? Because Jesus came and he did things in his life, not just to do them, but to show us what's possible as followers in his name and ones who carry Christ in us, the very hope of glory, right? So we're going to be looking at Matthew 26 today, jumping around to a couple of little other spots, but just contextually, quickly, Matthew 26, the Jews are plotting to kill Jesus. In chapter 26, Mary of Bethany is anointing Jesus for his soon and coming death. So it's an imminent time. It's, it's a critical time, right? How many of you believe that we're living in a critical time right now? And Judas comes into this space and he agrees to betray Jesus and then begins looking for an opportunity to do so. And so in verse 21, as all this is happening, all this is taking place, it says while they were eating, which by the way, in Jewish culture, as it is in culture today, it was really a time of celebration, right? When you're hanging out, you're having a meal, it's, it's, it's an up time, it's a fun time, it's, it's, it's a joyous time, it should be a hopeful time. But Jesus drops a bomb, a Debbie Downer, really not really, but he, he says, I tell you the truth, this is heavy. He says, one of you is going to betray me. I think there's no greater hopelessness than the reality of betrayal. But the, the point is that there's avenues in which hopelessness will come and hit us. So in the midst of a celebration, he says that one of them is going to betray him. Speaking of his death. And the disciples are all like, oh my gosh, is it me, is it me, is it me? And actually it was, it was actually Judas, but the, they were all saying the right answer because all of them ultimately were going to betray them, betray him, right? Leaving Jesus, you know, fleeing under fear. That's why I love Justin's song. There is no fear in perfect love, right? I will not be afraid. Now Jesus says something very interesting in verse 29, and this is what we're going to focus on today. He says this. Chapter 26, verse 29, he says, I will not be drinking wine, which again is a symbol of celebration, until that new day. Everybody say new day. Say it again louder. New day. It's upon us right now, this new day, when I'll drink it with you in the Father of my King, with the Father, sorry, let me say it again, in the kingdom of my Father. So we often think that, man, the new day is... A day that's, that's, that's future reserved, which there obviously is going to be the culmination, the second advent of Jesus' coming. But we don't realize oftentimes or perceive what really took place at the first. And the hope that the first should bring to us in times of hopelessness. The reality of what Jesus was dealing with was his, with his disciples was that they were in this moment where they themselves were going to enter into a place of darkness, a place of hopelessness, 
because of how they perceived or what they were thinking as it related to the death of Jesus. They were seeing it all wrong. Look, look. And, and, and also, the, the other thing is, man, they, there was a naivety to them in, in, their, in their journey. They weren't in a place of maturity to even be ready to handle the things that God had for them. Look with me in Matthew, or Mark chapter 10, verse 30, 37, rather. Do you remember this? They said to him, grant us that we may, we may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. I don't think that's all bad. I think that the Lord is positioning us to be right there beside Jesus manifesting His glory. But you see, Jesus said to them in verse 38, He says, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to, to drink of the cup? That I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. In other words, the, the hopelessness that was going to try to overtake Jesus. All that the enemy was going to try to throw at him to thwart the promises that were spoken over the life of the Son of God. Were they able to... To, to maneuver through that reality by what they were able to perceive in the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reality at the time was, was no, as it is with many of us, because of our perception. But they said to him, this is interesting, verse 39, we are able. I believe it was almost like, a, and I want you to think about this this morning. And I want you to get this inside of your spirit. You are able, by the grace of God, we're going to see this in just a minute, you are able to drink of the cup that Jesus drank of. And you are able to be baptized with the baptism that Jesus was baptized of. Because he even says it right after they said we are able. He said to, he said to them, he said, you indeed will be able to drink the cup. And, we, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized There's a church, listen to me, hear me. I am, I am talking to so many people that are going through fires and trials and challenges and difficulties and feeling measures of hopelessness that, that's trying to overtake them. But God wants to give us such perception in this season of what He's up to in our hearts that it's absolutely unstoppable if we'd be able to see it. The problem is, and here's what I want to show you in the Word of the Lord, I think... We're so enamored what the crowd is saying, what all the other voices are saying, instead of sitting with Jesus for ourselves and hearing what He is saying to us. Look at this with me in John chapter 12, verse 34. This is really profound. They, they responded and they said, We understood from Scripture, this is where it gets tricky. You've got to catch this. People have all kinds of perceptions about what the Bible has to say and what their perception of it is. We understood from Scripture that the Messiah would live forever. And you know what? They, write, they were right. He was going to live forever. But it just wasn't going to happen the way that they perceived that it was going to happen. See, a lot of times I think in life... We have a certain perception on how things are going to go. And when they don't go our way, 
we have an unmet expectation and thus disillusionment and we lose our ability to see. And in our losing our ability to see, a hopelessness overcomes us where we can't break. The enemy strategically gets us in that place where we can't break through or are unable to break through with the very power of the gospel that actually lives on the inside of us where we're able to drink from that cup and be baptized in that baptism. You see, I believe what messes people up is truth perceived from an improper perspective. Do you know who knows the Bible better than you you do in many ways? Satan himself. We think, man, he's going to deceive us with this, that, and the other. I think he's going to use truth improperly perceived to detour us. And it's often because we're looking for answers with the voice of the crowd. They said, how can you say the Son of Man will die? You see, people oftentimes are unable to see that with the gospel of hope, Jesus is able to work in, in, in the most profound ways to the greatest extent when brokenness is on the scene. But you see, truth perceived in an improper way, um, improper perspective, can ultimately lead to confusion about who God actually is. So right after they said, how can you say that the Son of Man could die? And then right after that it says, just who is this Son of God anyhow? Come on, church, listen. When we get into these spaces, I've been there, you've been there, we actually begin to question who in the world really is the Lord, right? So Jesus, we're going to wrap it up with this short little message today, but where Jesus gives some instructions to his disciples according to this subject is in John chapter 12, and we'll, we'll wrap this up with this. Verse 35, Jesus replies, and he said, my light will shine for you just a little longer. So he's not talking about it shining in them. He's talking about it shining for them as he was in their midst. And he says, walk in the light while you can so that darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Okay. So where do we go from here, Jesus? Well, he follows up, verse 36. Here it is. This is the... He says, put your trust in the light while there is still time. you got to catch this. The word trust, pisteo means to entrust. In other words, to put one's well-being into the hands of Christ. Question. Do we really believe that Jesus has our best interest? That 
is a question for the ages. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling myself this morning, that's where the enemy will come and harness his energy to dismantle that truth over any of our minds. Can you really believe that God has your best interest at heart? Is there really escape for the hopelessness and the darkness that is trying to overtake you to the places that maybe we even ourselves have got ourselves in? But he says, when you do this, he says, then you will become. Say over your heart, God, I want to become. I want to become. I want to, I want to move into this space. Become, genome, means to be used with great latitude or scope. Another way of thinking about this is an opportunity or greater range of operation. Someone needs to hear this this morning. Maybe in the last 10 years, maybe in the last 5 years, maybe in the last month, maybe in the last, you know, 18 months. I don't know the time frame for you. Maybe at whatever point, you see, there was a strategic attra- attack against your life to try to bring hopelessness. You're looking for the answers in the, in the crowd. Someone help me to figure out what in the world is going on here. But Jesus is like, my light is shining, my light has come. The darkness cannot overtake me. And because of that, the darkness cannot overtake you. A light is shining in the midst of the darkness. The darkness cannot even perceive it. Cannot even comprehend it. Is God good? Can we put our lives in His care? And as we navigate through these moments of hopelessness, we will be used, hear me, with greater latitude than we could ever imagine. There will be a scope that will be given to our lives, a space, an opportunity, a range of operation that you never could have had prior to this. I want to karate chop the pulpit right now, just like, just like that. Because here's the deal. You have no, you see, when you come on the other, you're in the midst of discouragement, and we're going to pass this out, just stay focused with me here. As they do. If the enemy knew what messing with you was going to do to him and his kingdom, he would have never started it in the first place. And I want to, I want to, I want to give you some hope today because at that advent, at his coming, a new day was instituted. A whole new time, a whole new reality was set into motion. We're not even waiting. I mean, when the final day comes, it's going to be the culmination of us coming into the fullness of our inheritance, my friends. Not holding on to a thread, waiting for God to come back on a rescue mission and just get us out of this whole mess. No, my friends. He's going to give us perception to see what He 
he's doing on the inside of each of us. Darren, I had dreams. Darren, I had thoughts in my mind that I felt were from the Lord. Darren, I had, you know, all kinds of things that I, that I, I felt was going to play out this way or the other and all that. And now there's this questioning, man, were those even real? Was God even real? What does all this even mean? Lord, remove that. Remove that today as we, we eat of a broken body and we drink blood that was spilled. God's promises for you are yes and amen. God's goodness towards you is immovable. You see, now... The enemy is just going to have to pay back a hundred times more, a thousand times more, because your scope, your range of opportunity just expanded. Oh. You became not only a little more dangerous, but you became a lot more dangerous. Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross... And they pierced his side. What, what flowed out of that broken body? Blood and water. You see, what we take in is what comes out. What we perceive and receive is the overflow of living water. You see... That blood and that water spilled into the earth, the cosmos, that was broken at the fall and began to, with its leaven, bring redemption to all of creation. It was a new garden. It was a a place of possibility. So, some people look at the cross, hear me. Some people look at the cross and they see tragedy. They see hopelessness. But heaven saw possibility. What do you see with your life? Because when you eat and drink of the same cup that he drank of, which you're ready and able to do, Expansion comes. And it's your moment. I'm taking a stretch here and I'm going to take a risk, but I believe that we're getting ready to enter into that in this year of 2018. And all that was taken, all that was stolen, all that was trying to be robbed from you and I will be returned with such a great bounty and we will feast with each other and on each other and on the Lord of the goodness of what God is up to. So as we take today, we're going to remember what Jesus did on that cross. Unstoppable, immovable, ever-increasing glory. The mountain 
of the Lord's house is rising above all of the other mountains. And one day, everything and everyone else will flow into this beautiful place called Calgatha where the enemy was stopped in his tracks. He was defeated. He was made a display of openly. The keys were taken from him. All death, hell, and the grave that was put on the body of the Son of God could not keep him down. Even though he went into the depths of hell, he was raised up again. He was resurrected. The blood and the water, the essence of what he drank of, the living water that came from the throne of the Father while he was on the earth, spilled out of him. It was the overflow. It's the place where we need to come to again, where we say, God, let us come to that place of remembrance. We carry a torrent of love. Sorry, please just go with me for a minute. We carry a torrent of love called the love of God living on the inside of us. It is a raging river. It is a violent flame. It is something that is so consuming. So as we remember today, we eat and we taste Would you do this with me today and see the goodness of God? Darren, I've been betrayed. Darren, I've been broken. I've been... God's got your best interest. Eat. God's got you. I don't see it, Darren. I can't perceive it. Who is the son? No. Hear, listen, be with Him. Perceive it in others, perceive it in what God's doing in the earth. I'm just looking, I'm not looking to the masses, I'm not looking to the other voices. I'm, I'm, I'm like, God, I just, there's moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, this is unstoppable. Everybody look up at me for a minute. We had, I don't know, 1,500 people in that Calvary Chapel the other night on Friday. And it, there might as well have been 400,000. I was like, oh my goodness, like what you've begun here, it's, it's unstoppable. It's not, there's nothing that can stop this. Stuff that begins to happen in our hearts. Let's overflow. Let's overflow. Take and drink. Celebration. Celebration, Lord. See, the discouragement that was going on that night at that table was going to be turned to hope. So when the rule of the Father came in, which we're unaware of, man, we're just, we've been preaching salvation for so long, but where's the gospel of the kingdom? It's going to be preached to all the ethnocentric people groups on the planet. And then the desired aim of the Father is going to come. I mean, where is that? we got to get that hope in us, man. This We, we are not drinking of the cup of suffering as, as, as it relates to the promises of God. We're drinking from joy now. There's, a, there's, been, a, there's been an advent and there's been a resurrection. Let's all stand as we pray and go out of here. We're going to have some... Um, I got two communions, double portion. As we go out of here, um, we're going to have some ministry team members here. If you, if you're just 
if you're in that place, like today is, is your day, okay? It's a new day. It's a new day, and the gospel's come to give you hope. Father, thank you for all of these friends. Thank you for our time together today, that as we gather in your name, Lord, something powerful happens, something dunamis happens. Lord, as you've given us this window into your word, Lord, let us be able to see it, perceive it as we've taken of, of the cup and of the bread and in remembrance of what you've done. God, may it, may it literally get inside of our spirits and our hearts and our minds. And let us in this Advent season, let us change the world. Let us have hope. Let us have an expectation and let that lead to encounter in Jesus' name. Listen, God bless you guys. Have an awesome Sunday. We'll see you next week.